The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided after investigating everything carefully from the very first to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which we have been instructed. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogue and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Now our first reading from the book of Nehemiah is interesting, but it's important to understand the context. The books of Ezra and Nehemiah are two of the lesser-known books of the Bible, but they're actually very important to understanding God's plan of salvation. They recount the three waves in which the Jews returned to Judah from their exile in Babylon. These three waves take place over the course of about 100 years, from 538 BC to 444 BC. Now the book of Ezra begins with King Cyrus, prompted by God, making a decree that the Jews should return to Judah and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. He even tells his own people that they should assist the Jews with silver, gold, and the other necessities to complete the task. And he returns the vessels that were taken by Nebuchadnezzar from the former temple. The next several chapters describe how Zerubbabel, the priest, led the first wave of Jews back to Jerusalem, and, despite opposition from those who had taken over the land, rebuilt the temple. The book also makes reference to the importance of the prophetic ministry of Haggai and Zechariah during the time of the rebuilding of the temple. Following completion of the temple in 537 BC, Ezra led the second wave of exiles back to Jerusalem. Ezra was a scribe, and he was well educated in the law. Their journey was perilous because they were traveling without military escort, but Ezra emphasized that through prayer, fasting, and trusting in the Lord, they reached Jerusalem safely. Upon his return, Ezra begins the moral reform of the Jews. He condemns those who marry Gentile women and calls them to repentance. The fall of Israel began through Solomon's infidelity to the law. Therefore, if they have any hope to rebuild Israel, they must repent and become faithful to the law. The third wave of exiles to return was led by Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah begins by describing his return to Jerusalem and his recognition that God was calling him to lead the people in building and rebuilding the city walls. He became the governor of Jerusalem and, through obedience to God's law 
and despite the opposition of many Jews and enemies of Jerusalem, he rebuilt the walls in just 52 days, which was seen by all, obviously, as a work of God. Now, the pairing of the reading from Nehemiah with our gospel from Luke uh, reminds us that the fullest interpretation of these books is found in Christ. Jesus reads from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The exile in Babylon is symbolic of the alienation from God that we experience when we sin. The sins of the Israelites were the cause of their physical exile, but more importantly, their sins also destroyed their relationship with God. Jesus says, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus reconciles man to God. That is, he brings us out of exile. And the books of Ezra and Nehemiah show us the structure of that reconciliation. So, the return from exile begins with the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. It is necessary to have a physical center of prayer and worship that unites and focuses the religion of the people. Individual prayer in their own homes, though good, when it's good, <laughs> was insufficient to keep the Israelites faithful. They had to repent of having worshipped false idols and resume their right religion. Likewise, when we sin, we are tempted to separate ourselves from the rites of the church, the practices, the rituals of the church. If we are to return to the Lord, we must continue to pray and worship him according to the rites, according to right religion, that he has prescribed. Namely, we must repent, go to confession, and resume going to Mass. Then the second phase of the return from exile is to become reacquainted with the law and begin ascetical practices, or I should say, first begin the ascetical practices and become acquainted with the law. The Jews had ceased studying the word of God, and so they were ignorant of what God had taught them. They were also accustomed to trusting their own power instead of relying on, on the Lord. The same is true of those who fall into sin and depart from God's ways. The return requires a discipline of prayer, fasting, and study. If we want to stay close to the Lord, we must know his word and we must be disciplined. For us, that means knowing scripture and tradition, and through prayer and fasting, cultivating the soil of our heart and our mind so that the word will take root. Ignorance of the Bible, ignorance of scripture, and ignorance of the teachings of the church as passed down to us by the bishops from the apostles' tradition is a sure path. If we don't study those, it's a sure path back into exile. We must know God in order to love him, and in order to know him, we must study his self-revelation in scripture and tradition. The third and final phase of the return from exile is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. For the Jews, this was the most challenging aspect of the return. Many Jews and Gentiles opposed Nehemiah's efforts. The walls provoked fear because they indicated that the Jews wanted to separate themselves from everyone else. Many people interpreted the walls as a sign of aggression towards outsiders and subversion of imperial authority. Walls today remain controversial, and yet God is telling us that they are essential to the return from exile. Building walls means clearly defining an identity. 
In order to be Catholic, we must know what is Catholic and what is not Catholic, what is alien to Catholicism. Nehemiah makes clear that the walls aren't an impenetrable barrier. He says there are gates, they build gates in the walls. However, the gates are guarded and there is discretion regarding what is allowed in and out of the city. Being a true Catholic doesn't mean totally closing ourselves off from outside influences, but it does mean being as vigilant as a soldier in guarding our hearts and minds against what is foreign to Christ and his church. Once again, sum up, Christ is the path from exile back to God, the path from Babylon to the promised land. He is the new temple. Through the sacraments, we enter the temple and are united to Christ. He is the word made flesh. Through prayer and fasting and study, we come to know and love the word. He is, or his bride, the church is the new Jerusalem. We must know what is, we must know what is and what is not Catholic. The Apostle John says in the book of Revelation, the new Jerusalem had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. This is the structure of our return from exile.